When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast brought to you by Birmingham Live. I don't know if it's just my headphones, but that intro is very loud my end. Is that loud for you? I don't know, mate. I'm just, just enjoying it. I just, you know, just kind of, I didn't do the air guitar today, but I, yeah, it was, it was all right, mate. I've, I've anyway. It's, it's a new file, so I think I've done it wrong, but that was very loud. Apologies if, if that was loud for everybody watching. On to the main news of, the t- of tonight, though. Leeds United nil, Aston Villa won. Massive result, Ellen Road. I was not expecting that before the game. I said on Twitter to somebody, I was having a little chat saying, oh, I feel kind of semi-confident for some reason that we might be okay. And I thought, well, that leads on that we'll definitely be battered later today. But, you know, all the pretty much stuff that we did and all the comments that we were seeing on YouTube that fans were getting involved, we were saying, oh, well, you know, Leeds are, can be ruthless at times because this could be a 3 or 4-0 quite comfortably. I don't think there was many people, you know, giving Villa much credit before the game started today. So I'm, I'm pretty happy with that. You? No, I agree. I certainly didn't. I didn't expect Villa to emerge with a clean sheet yes, and eh? a win. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, the same one. It was um, three is it three times that Jack Grealish has been missing since we've returned um, to the Premier League, and we'd lost all three prior mm. to today. So I think it's really it's really important for, for Villa to step up and and show that they you know they can can still be competitive and win win matches at this level without Jack Grealish. I mean listen from an attacking point of view and from a from a, an aesthetics point of view it wasn't spectacular but I thought Villa Villa really really went and did a job on Leeds tonight and credit to the manager to be honest um mm. for the changes that he made they were they were bang on and bringing Jacob Ramsey and marvelous Nakamba into that midfield to kind of try and stifle Leeds and to kind of Go toe to toe with them in terms of some of the energy that they got. Really, I thought it was I thought it was brilliant, and I think both of those two are undroppable. To be honest, yeah. for um for the next the next match, so credit yeah. to Dino and credit to those two lads who have come in and, and played really really well. Yeah, there's a little bit of I don't know what the word is here, but we've talked to previously about Dean Smith's tactical nous, and we were saying that you know when we win, we sit here and go, oh, well, yeah, he's got it right there today. And when we lose, we go, oh, we could have done this different. But today, we, we, almost regardless of the result, it, it made sense before kickoff today that anyone would have looked at that and said Barky has to has to be dropped. And arguably, people were saying, you know, Louise hasn't had the best of times lately, but I wouldn't have been massively surprised if he started tonight. But Barkley had to be dropped. I put on Twitter when the team news came out, I was pretty surprised that Dean Smith had actually made those changes today. And someone replied to me saying, why are you surprised? And I was like, well, before today, Barkley's been poor and been pretty much undroppable. We've all been saying for weeks, two or three weeks, he should definitely be out the side. And that's only happened today. I also didn't think he would throw Jacob Ramsey straight in to play either. As much as he's clearly a talent, he's still a young a young kid. And the way it leads, and they're, you know, they, like we said, they can be ruthless. I didn't think he'd throw Ramsey straight in there. So to start him from the off when he could put Sans on in there, the new guy for 15 million. Barkley's been looked undroppable in terms of not his performances, but it just looks like he you know he can't do anything wrong and he'll always be in the team. So I was surprised that Smith actually made those changes and it's I said hopefully it pays off and it absolutely did. Ramsey and and Nakamba were were were, were marvellous. Nakamba was. 
I'm surprised someone's not used that somewhere and, else. Marvellous <laughs> and Jacobus, weren't they? To be honest. Yeah. Um, yeah, I oh, think yeah, um, I think that um, the way he's handled Ramsey has been quite quite clever. I think I think he's given him. Uh, this is a negative phrase, and I don't mean it like this. When I say enough rope to hang himself, I don't I don't mean it like that at all. I've, but I think he's given him enough opportunities to try and impress, and he's tolerated a couple of the the little kind of you know hissy fits and stuff like that. But mm. you know, Smith in his press conference on Friday morning was doing a really, really good job of bigging up Ross Barkley and, you know, saying what he what what he thinks he's capable and stuff like that. And I think it's important because, you know, listen, even if, if um Marvellous McCamber and, and Jacob Ramsey and we've seen a bit more of Morgan Sanson, um even if they're they're in his team and Barkley's on the bench for, for the next two or three weeks, Smith knows that he's still going to need Ross Barkley at yeah, some stage. And I think I think his man management has been brilliant there. There's probably a few of us Villa fans who are scratching our heads like, in the last couple of times Smith's spoken about Barkley and, and bigged him up a lot. Smith knew he was going to drop him, didn't he? So he can't mm. drop him and hang him out Put to drive foot in. Yeah. basically. So I thought he, I thought I thought it was was good management. Um and yeah it's another thing from the performance is didn't play well at Brighton for most mm. of the 90. Didn't yeah. really start playing well. Well didn't play full pelt against Leicester, improved after the first half. So, again, we've said it time and time again, but you don't have a run of too many bad performances yeah. from this team. Um, and they've, they've gone there gone there tonight on a, on a strange old pitch and managed yeah. to kind of be on the front foot enough to, to take the advantage. And then I thought they conceded a bit too much territory to, to Leeds in the second half. I thought I thought the, the kind of sucker punch was going to come. But mm. again, they've been organised, they've been disciplined, disciplined with the Camber, with Ramsey and with McGinn. They've been kind of hunting in packs, really, to, to protect that defence. So, you know, I can't speak highly, highly enough of, of them all, really, today. Yeah, I think McGinn was also back to his usual self today as well. And that, mid, that midfield trio just worked well together. I think they looked like a good combination and a good unit. I think it was interesting that Smith made the comments about not being a one-man team um, earlier in the week or last week or whenever it was after Grealish goes missing. And those kind of comments are always risky, aren't they? Because if you have another terrible performance, people go, well, I think you are a one-man team. But I think the the, the positive spin on it is that you could we could sit here for the next half an hour and pretty much highlight any player in that starting eleven tonight and go, oh, he was quite good, he was quite good. And that's exactly what Villa needed, and especially after after Smith's comments as well. Not a single player. Looked looked off it tonight. Even El Ghazi, we've we've kind of flipped and flopped between. Yeah, he looks great, and oh, he's nowhere near it. Tonight comes in, looks lively, scores a goal, and wins us the game. And that's that's exactly what you want to see from players that are coming in to, to fill in for injuries. So let let's highlight him then. I thought um, I thought he was I thought he was I thought he was really good. I probably would have given Ramsey man of the match if I'm being honest. Um, I thought I got all of our El Ghazi's good work, best work came came first half. Um, yeah. But I don't think you can have any any complaints. Um, I thought <laughs> I thought that little kind of sneaky look that he gave across to the lino when he when he scored. Um, yeah, it's uh, I is another one of these El Ghazi who sometimes I don't know. I, I think that I don't know whether I'm you know alone in this, but I think he's a better and a more valuable player. Than some of us give him credit for. 
yeah. sometimes. You know, he used to say that when he scored, you know, he scored, scored the winning goal. And, you know, next week, if he's anonymous, we'll, we'll probably kind of dig him out again. But did the, what was it? Six goals? He scored now. Uh, I think six in the Prem and one did he score one in the Cup as well, I think. So that's not bad for a winger who hasn't, you know, he's probably started half the games, if that, um so far this season. I, I think it's a it's a it's a brilliant return. Uh and it also provided the most hilarious moment. Did you hear Jermaine Beckford's punditry at half time? No, I didn't see it. I didn't see any of the half time stuff. Oh right, well he uh, he was saying they're talking about, you know, Jack really not being available and um who was gonna kind of, you know, come to the forefront and <laughs> and be the one who shone in Jack's absence. And uh, I think Jermaine Beck- Beckford was trying to say that, that El Ghazi stepped up and taken the mantle. But he said, oh, El Ghazi stepped up and taken the mantelpiece. Which I, <laughs> was, I mean, to be fair, he did have a decent half. But, uh, <laughs> good. Yeah, good. Have you been they, preparing they that since half time? Terrible joking. <laughs> um, speaking about man of the match, you said there about um, Ramsey being yours. I thought Mings was... Outstanding, to be honest. I mean, we again kind of flip flops a little bit, like the Elgazi situation. That we come and do these, and occasionally it's oh, Mings have made this mistake, and people are piling in on the comments. And then a few weeks later, it's oh god, a colossal defender! What what a hero! Quite interested, actually. There's 350 people watching live as we speak right now. Get comments in there. Who is your man of the match this afternoon? Be- between Nakamba and Mings, for me, is who I'd go with. Um, but like I said, because it, it feels like such a, a kind of team effort to go there and beat Leeds, it's hard to kind of single anyone out. Is that is that also fair? It's hard to it's hard. You know, do you know what I mean? It's it's hard to just go. Oh, yeah, he was the reason. Obviously, Al Ghazi scored the goal, but not a, not an overall man of the match performance. I think that that Ming's defending and what Nakamba brought to the midfield is a bet, better way of highlighting an individual performance in a team performance. I know what I mean in my head. It makes no sense. When I yeah, to me, that. it was probably, it was, it was, I don't think it was a defensive performance in terms of didn't Villa didn't show any adventure at all, because I think they did. But to me, you probably are highlighting, you know, you're probably giving the Man of the Match award today to somebody who's, who's been responsible for helping the, the clean sheet. And yeah. I think you're right in that Nakamba, Ramsey, Mings were, were all, um, were all, all able to, to help do that. I thought I thought Watkins was good as well, to be honest, yeah, considering, yeah. you know, Smith great, said in his great assist. Like, Say again. <laughs> great assist. It's definitely yeah, a well, shot, wasn't it? <laughs> the pictures um the pictures probably helped um yeah. there because you know he slipped and slipped and picked out played a, a decoy cross into into El Ghazi's <laughs> feet. Um also just on the goal quickly before you move on, great touch from El Ghazi to bring it down as well. I didn't quite realise at the time. He he controlled it well and then tapped it home as well. Listen, I'm probably being really you know, from going from under under you know, not writing him enough, I'm gonna I didn't think he, he actually meant that. I thought it was a bit of a clumsy oh, really? touch. And then he fell and he just kind of reacted quickly to his own Half, oh well, we'll, we'll take half. it. Doesn't matter, does it? It, it, it was a miss hit. Anyway, it, yeah, it? it was a miss um, hit shot. That thanks to the, thanks to the pitch was across. El Ghazi may have miscontrolled it, but he's got it under his under his touch and started it away. Will a win one 0 How it happened is irrelevant. Yeah, but in terms of, um, I thought Watkins w- was good. He, he chased everything again, um, and I think with with Jack missing, Watkins was probably doing a lot of his work down that left side. Um, mm. A lot of his running down there, I thought he was good. Um, and shout out when we don't go through the whole team, but shout out for Al Mohammedi as well because yeah. I did fear. I feared within the first, I don't know, thirty seconds or a minute when um, Rafina had got you know Bamford slipped, didn't he? And he, mm. he kind of snuck in, snuck in round the back. Um, but again, uh, whether it was because well, listen, uh, 
Al-Mohamedi put in a put in a decent performance. I think he got a lot of good protection as well. Um, and the, the other, actually, another thing that I wanted to mention was the kind of, I don't know whether bravery is the word, but there was a couple, a couple of things that kind of caught my attention. Obviously, you know, McGinn had a bloodied nose at some some stage and was still just powering on with it with, with, with blood, you know, dripping from his nose. And then, you know, Martinez was having um, painkillers because he got a, a groin problem and yeah. stuff like that. So, listen, you don't want your players that are kind of running themselves into the ground so that it causes serious injury. Um, you know, we had Andy Gray on, didn't we, last week, talking about how he put his body on the line and didn't necessarily get the thanks for it. Uh, mm. But I, it's nice to know that the players are, are that keen to, to power on through for the good of Villa. That they'll that they will kind of, you know, I don't know, battle on, battle on through these setbacks. I like how you always get a, a cheeky plug into a previous podcast that we've done. When we've ever had a guest, it's just you just slip it in there. Oh yeah, we spoke to Andy Gray last week. For the people that don't know, um, yeah, I like that. Um, Smith was asked about McGinn from, from Ashbury. She says, confirms Amy Martinez has picked up a tight groin in the second half as Villa centre-backs took his goal kicks. Just sums up the team shift that everyone did tonight. Everyone fighting for the cause as they chalk up their 13th clean sheet from 24 games. Uh, something of that was Ash's words rather than Dean Smith, but Smith confirming it. It's a, a little groin tweak for Martinez, which hopefully doesn't keep him out for any time at all because he'd be a, a massive miss. Yeah, I mean, I can't remember the exact stat, is it? Three, perhaps three clean sheets, or two, I think it's either two or three short of the record that Brad Friedel kept. I think he got, um, I think Friedel got 15 and it's 16 to beat it, or Friedel got 16, right. so it's 16 to match it. Yeah, so, so yeah, you know, Villa should be confident, yeah, without me jinxing it, Villa should be, um, should be confident of doing that. Um, just the, another thing that's popped into my head, I know this is a bit stream of consciousness, random stuff, but. Oh God! What about? But was it Lorenti on the? Yeah, someone, um, I was just mentioning in the comments, and I was about to try and work it in. Like what um, Jazz has said about Lorenti, I can't repeat on air. Um, but basically saying he's a uh, he's a something. Now I'll let you fill in the blank. That was pathetic, wasn't it? If that was Grealish for Villa doing that, can you imagine what the Leeds fans would have been like? Well, yeah. Well, we've, listen, we've seen it, haven't we? We've seen two years ago when um, when Bamford kind of the the ghost the ghost push managed to yeah. get Bamford on, onto the deck. Um, you know, I think I think Holly Watkins should go and administer the vaccine because he's clearly got amazing healing powers. Because <laughs> as soon as he laid his hands on your lead man, he was back up. You know, he had a miraculous recovery. And he was back up. But what I will, what I will say, in the interests of, of fairness, I thought that Matt Target when um, Oh, when Tyler Roberts was booked, Matt, Matt Target was was hamming it up a little bit then. Yeah. You know, kind of. I think the Roberts swung the ball at him, didn't he? And then then then, then Target went down holding his his thigh or his his leg or something. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's a little bit of um, a little bit of drama queeniness going yeah. on on both sides, shall we say? I do like that from Watkins, though, because he knows that he's not really done anything there. And to be fair, I think that Lorente did take a little bit of a knock or a little you know, painful kick out of the leg or something, obviously an accident. But the way he's rolling around, you're looking at I'm watching it going, oh, mate, look, if you were seriously injured, you wouldn't be rolling around. And then the commentator said those exact words. And then Watkins has clearly seen there's nothing wrong with him, tried to pick him up and he's up like a shot. It's like, oh, mate, this is, this is pathetic at this point. Um, there's a lot of comments when I was asking just about Man of the Match, lots for Nakambo in the, in the comments on Facebook and YouTube Live. Uh, a few for Mings as well. Um, a couple of shouts for Ollie Watkins, but only a couple. Nobody else for um, 
for Ramsey, Matt, you're on your own there, but oh, right, well, he's he played well to be fair, but not man of the match level. But yeah, not, not everybody can tell my wisdom, can they? You know, it's um, you know, <laughs> um, did you did you think I know that you're normally the one asking the questions, but I'm just no, over in my head. Did it. you think it's a penalty within the first couple of minutes? Because I thought that that was played down massively, you know, it was almost do you know what I mean? Norm- normally, yeah. there's a big, in- big inquest into these things. And it's played down to such a degree, I can't even think at this stage what penalty. It was it El Ghazi whipped, whipped across in and, and he hit Eiling's hand or oh, Eiling's nah. hand hit it? Did you nah. not? No, nah, not a penalty for me. His arm's by his side. I well, I say this. start talking about arm positions for God's sake. Well, that's, this is what I was about to say. We've had so much faff this year about how the rules were interpreted. and it, there was, I'm sure at one stage, if it just hit your arm... It, no matter where the position was or whether it was accidental, I'm sure that was a penalty at some stage. So, based off the rules at some point this season, that could have been given. It definitely hit his arm, but his arm is, you can't really see it on here, and the audio listeners definitely can't see it, but it was near his stomach. So, I think if it just hits you there and the ball's come to you, that's not handball. If your arm's out here or you move towards the ball, that's handball. That's how I would interpret it if I was a ref, not a pen. I'm not sure. I think it definitely deserved a VAR check. Well, I mean, going off what we keep being told, they would have looked at that because it will. It, I don't know. Did they look at it? Who knows? Who knows? Well, having, said, having said that, again, in the interest of fairness, I think uh, it looked like um, Target had a little tug at um, Bamford, didn't it? In the close. Not a little tug, full stop. Sorry, that was the, <laughs> that was the worst time pause ever. <laughs> Unfortunately, time to take a breath, wasn't it? Had a little tug at. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you're just pure filth it's not filth it's just immaturity <laughs> oh moving on yeah, moving the on. comments people saying penalties have been given less less for this season then literally two comments in a row Stuart Parker says not a penalty and then Sean literally underneath him says pen all the way um, it's one of those ones isn't it some people just look at it and interpret the rules one way and go well it's hit his arm it's handball and then some people look at it and go well it's by his arm it's not intentional if that was a Villa player I'd be going shut up mate that's not handball so I'm not going to sit here and, and ask for either if we'd have lost today or not won maybe I'd have been going mm, let's talk about that handball so not really that bothered to be honest no, listen, I can I can live <laughs> I can live with it now that now that Villa have won the game. Um, Just talking about referees very quickly, and this isn't Villa related. So I'm not going to uh, go on it for too long. But did you see the Lee Mason stuff earlier with Albion? That free kick goal for Brighton that was given. Was given. He did blow, and then he was saying that he blew twice. But why would you blow twice? So in a, in a packed stadium, you could you could have got away with saying, "Oh, that whistle came from the crowd" or something. But uh, when there's no yeah. no crowd there. I don't know. I don't know. Just it just, strange. just seemed a bit a bit crazy, to be honest. But uh, yeah, we've had enough enough refereeing controversies in Villa games without having to talk yeah. about one just down the road. So yeah, fair enough. Um, I don't really know what else to add to this one, to be honest, really, because it was such like we said a few times, it was such a, a well-rounded team performance that it's hard to kind of sit here and talk about too many individual performances. Um, I suppose the, the flip side of it then is what happens to Ross Barkley and Douglas Louise now. Because at one stage, Douglas Louise is... I mean, if it wasn't for Jack Grealish last year, I think Douglas Louise won our player of the year vote. He came second by some distance to third place. Obviously, Grealish ran away with it. So, Douglas Louise, massively important. Clearly a very, very talented player. Ross Barkley has shown glimpses before his injury that he comes in and improves Villa's side as well. Obviously, fair enough to say that he shouldn't be anywhere near it at the moment. But you've got two big, big players there sat on the bench while you've got Nakambu as a bit part player even last season. And Ramsey, a 19-year-old, coming in and starting games and playing well. 
So what happens to Louise and Barker now? Is it just a case of they well, keep the strokes they played? What happened? It's a bit of a stupid question, Dan, if you don't mind me saying no, <laughs> what happens when they're both slamming transfer requests, clear the lockers and, and drive off in their high-powered sport cars, cars at 150 miles an hour? Or... They could be squad. They could be on the bench and wait for their turn and get back in. That, 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 I'd, I'd suggest the, the latter, but I'm being a bit of a cheeky ass. Uh, you are. This yeah. is, we've talked about Villa wanting a squad, haven't we? So yeah, you know, professional footballers and they've not not got to the, the level that they've got at by having everything in their own way all the time. So mm. if they have to work harder. You know, I'd be gutted for for Ramsey or, or Nakamba if they're, they're not in that team. I think is it Sheffield United? Sheffield, Sheffield United, and then Newcastle next. Actually, just speaking about those, sorry, it's Sheffield United, Wolves, Newcastle, and Wolves obviously haven't been the the side that they were of last season, but they're still obviously a decent side. Sheffield United still right down there, and who's the other one? Newcastle, which obviously we all know how poor they've been. Looking ahead at that next three now, how many points are we saying for that? What do we think? And again, so, this is all a bit. Hypothetical nonsense, isn't it really? But this is—you look at that now. We just beat Leeds, kind of found a little bit of a rhythm, and I'm looking at those next three, thinking mm, some some points to be had there. So, uh, six or seven at least. Sheffield United, not that not that the location makes a massive difference. Sheffield United away and Newcastle away, isn't it? And Wolves, Wolves uh, at home. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah. I think it's it's. In, I don't want to get too too carried away after a, a win again, but you know you, you've got to be looking for what you've got to be looking for five or six points from those, haven't you? You know, at least six. Yeah. So I think you know, I mean, six, there's nothing stopping us getting nine. To be honest, well, there's three teams in there potentially stopping <laughs> us get, getting nine. But uh, yeah, Villa, Villa in good shape again. Now eight. I'm just looking at the table now. Eight, eighth in the league, thirty nine points. You know, uh, what we're looking... I mean, the, the Dublin was asked, I think, at the end uh, in the punditry, can Villa make the Champions League? And, you know, he gave it the year, there's no reason why not, and all this kind of stuff. Uh, well, can Villa challenge challenge mm. for the, the Champions, League, Champions League prices? The what? Six points six points off West Ham in fourth, with two games yeah, in hand yeah. on West Ham in fourth. So, you know, last, <laughs> last week and the week before, we Doom and gloom because it'd be flat as anything against Brighton, and we kind of started really slowly against Leicester. So, if the season, if somebody you know called time on the season, they uh, blew the final whistle on the season, they and Villa finished eighth, mm. I'd be pretty content with that. But yeah, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't want to make too many proclamations because it's still no. going to be turvy isn't it you know I still think Villa Villa stating the obvious alert still think Villa need Jack Grealish back in there to, to, to truly be you know could Villa have a possible dabble of finishing in the top six stroke, stroke top four yes I think is a very 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 outside possibility of it will they do that if Jack Grealish is out for any longer than a month I don't think so because I think you know well you say that but if we win our next three and he misses all three it doesn't matter whether you played or not no, no, I'm just saying I don't think we will win our next three if Jack Grealish is, is there, to be honest. Oh, really? Okay, fair enough. Um, but I do, well, we'll see. We'll see what the um, prognosis is, but hopefully he'll uh, be back. Um, I disagree with that to a certain extent. I think we should be able to beat Sheffield United without him. So that's one more game. I think you could probably beat Newcastle without him as well because it's just a case of breaking down that, that Newcastle defence and them setting up to be miserable and boring. Obviously, Jack Grealish would help that, but there's nothing to suggest that the backup squad can't do that. They're poor sides. Villa should be beating them with or without Grealish. 
if Villa's ambitions are to break into yeah. the top six. Yeah, well, listen, I'm sure the, 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 those are the ambitions, and I'm sure Villa would, would, would fancy the chances to beat them, um, beat those teams without Grealish. But again, stating the obvious, having him in the team would would enhance their chances of winning, of winning those games. You've got an answer for everything tonight, haven't you? I knew you were going to be I've in had, one of these moods. I've had an afternoon nap. I've been for a, I've been for a, um, a, a bit of a stroll this morning around Woodgate Valley, and um, oh, nice. so I had me stroll, had a, a brunch, stroke breakfast. Um, then, oh god, I got the munchies, mate. To be honest, I had these little Kit Kat eggs and a piece of my son's birthday cake. So I had to sleep it all off. So I'm now revived and ready for my tea. I mean, that's a very middle-aged man thing to say, isn't it? That you had a bit, bit of cake this afternoon and had to go and have a nap. That's very, that's very old. Mate, what you see is what you get with me, I'm afraid, mate. You're not going to get... What do you think I'm going to be doing going roller di- to a roller disco or something? I don't know. I don't, what do you kids today do? I don't know. Good point. To say, I've not done that lot either. And we're getting massively off topic here. Just want to wrap this up with the kind of aspirations for the season. We just said we don't want to make too many predictions because it's a, a false game, really. Um, but... I don't want to keep talking about Europe too much because if we lose the next one and win the next one, lose the next one, at some point we're going to go, oh, well, Villa aren't going to do it, so let's just forget about it. And that's fair enough. The season has still got a little bit to go. Very happy with the way that we're going. Let's leave it there. What would you like not be happy with finishing now if we look at that league table? Is it a case of if you don't finish in that top 10 that that's a disappointing season, considering how good we were for the first 19, 18 games? I don't think it really can be a disappointing season. If Villa, listen, I don't want to jinx this, jinx this, but if Villa lost their remaining 14 games, I still don't think it could be classed a disappointing season because they've still, no, but, but they've still, they've still achieved, you know, to be safe, which Villa are now, to be safe by the 27th of February. If you'd have said that in August, oh, yeah. would it be a disappointing season for you if Villa were safe by the 27th of yeah. February? But, but no, listen, given given the given the, given the given the platform that we've given ourselves, I'd I'd, I'd find I'd be, be a little bit upset if we finished outside the top ten. But it's not going to really affect my life massively if we finish eleventh. Oh, yeah, of course. You know yeah. what I mean? That's that's the that's the problem with the kind of mid table obscurity, isn't it? That finishing eighth to fourteenth makes no difference really, apart from I think the clubs get prize money, which is pretty much irrelevant in at Premier League level. But it doesn't really matter, does it? If you finish what? Eighth on fifty points or fourteenth on forty-five points, the gap is pretty marginal, really. So, yes, in that sense, it doesn't really matter whether you finish anywhere between ninth and thirteenth. But given how good Villa have been, I think if we didn't finish inside that top ten, because on that little table that we can see here, I can't. We can't see the bottom bottom half. I can't really think of anyone in the bottom half uh, off the top of my head that I think they'd be more deserving of finishing in that top 10. I think if you look at all that top 10 there, they're pretty much all been the best, <laughs> obvious statement, but they've all been the best side. So that top 10 looks pretty fair to me. Even Leeds being in there as 10th, we're above Tottenham, Everton, Liverpool, Chelsea, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, well, just, to that top 10, remind you, good. Just, just remind you, 11th are Arsenal, 12th are Wolves. And then, uh, you've yeah, got, then you've got Southampton, Crystal Palace, then Southampton. Now, if Southampton yeah, started brightly, Arsenal, you would expect to, to pick up. But, you know, Villa, Villa should finish finish top 10. The, the, the squad is proving itself good enough, even with the setbacks. You know, we said this earlier in the season, didn't we? And we say it probably every other week, but with with people people stepping up when players have been have been missing. And that's happened again today. And the Camber and, um, and Ramsey have, have stepped up. 
Yeah. Um, you know, Al-Mahamidi, to a point, has, has stepped up and played, played his part in a in a clean sheet as well. So there's no reason why Villa can't can't finish finish in the top ten. But you know, being philosophical about it, we were already so far ahead of schedule to where we expected yeah, to be that if we finish twelfth, it we won't be a disaster by any means. And what I would say, and this is, you know, people might raise their eyebrows at this, but I want Villa to keep building year on year under Dean Smith. Um, you know, he's got a lot of credit in the bank because what he's already delivered and because he's a, such a, a thoroughly nice fellow and because he's one of us. But I actually think, you know, we can build something lasting. And I'm just a little bit cautious. You know, it's stupid. If somebody said, could, if you feel I could finish in the top four this season, would you want it? Of course I would. But I'm a little bit cautious that we don't set expectations too high this season. Mm. That if we, you know, if we got into the top six and then next season we finished 10th, that a crisis starts again. Yeah, do you know, do you know, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, in a roundabout way. I also think there's a, there's an element of you know when people say about oh you can get promoted too soon, you, you can get into Europe too soon, and we've said oh that's just nonsense because if you get there, you'll build the side that you need to hopefully manage the situation. I think there's an element of being too good ahead of yourself that oh, I'm going the opposite way to what you just said. That yes, you can drop off and that will be a disaster. But if Villa get top four this season and fifth next year. You're then looking at all your players getting nabbed by other teams at the at the top, and then being falling off the other way, like Villa ten years ago under O'Neill, that were always sixth, always sixth. Then people start going to Man City and Liverpool, etc., and then you fall apart that way. Probably all getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah, absolutely getting ahead of ourselves. We're hitting 29 minutes, and we've run out of things to talk about. (laughs) I was even scared to predict how we get on in the next game against Sheffield United, and now we're all we're discussing what's going to happen in the next. 14 years when Jack Grealish is, you know, when Jack Grealish is the player manager and all. Now we are getting a little bit ahead of ourselves. Just getting yeah. a tiny bit ahead of myself to tomorrow morning. Uh, another plug for a podcast that we did about oh Christ four or five months ago. I finally transcribed and tapped up the interview that we did with Andy Vyman. Um, oh, yeah. that's, that. uh, that's an epic read for anybody. I will we'll, we'll ping, ping the, uh, ping the link to that on, um, on our social media, on, on Claire and Blue social media, and, that, and, and my own. Uh, but yeah, so that, I, I, I was reliving it all again. It was really. Um, it's probably too much. It was really interesting. It's probably a good way of doing it, doing the big written piece, of, like a little bit further down the line to kind of refresh it again. That's probably, yeah. Can you send me that? I mean, this is an off air conversation at this point, but I would quite like to see that. It's um, live at nine o'clock tomorrow morning, mate. So I'll send you the link, but you won't be able to read it until then. So. Okay. Right, well, Are we done? Yeah, we're done. Right, thank you very much for for joining me, Matt, and thanks to the 500 people that are now watching. There was only 320 minutes ago. It must be all the Leeds fans have, have finally logged on. Although we've had no negative comments, weirdly, so can't be Leeds fans. Just lots of very happy with the fans this evening on Saturday night. Um, thanks everyone who joined us. Thanks for all your comments. As always, very difficult to kind of read through them all and, and put questions to well both of us because um, they're coming through thick and fast. But we'll be back again on is it Wednesday? Will apply next? Uh, Wednesday 3rd of March against Sheffield United which should should be a routine victory I would have thought and if not I'll be very disappointed uh, you can't yeah, same you um, yeah I know so we'll be back again on Wednesday night um, Wednesday night is it oh, we've got to get it right play it at 6 it's o'clock so, yeah. you're going to play at 12, 12 o'clock on yeah, Wednesday you know I mean? it's like Wednesday o'clock. evening or Wednesday night there's a difference between Wednesday evening and Wednesday night do you not think do you call it dinner or tea uh, two. Yeah, you're eating milk definitely too, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, breakfast. we're opening up, we're opening up a can of worms here to people that aren't. Breakfast, dinner, and tea. That's yeah, a black country. I'm sure we've got the right um, 
you know, we've got the right class of followers. It's it's breakfast, dinner, <laughs> and tea. All right, so people if you call you dinner, this podcast not for you. Go on, people you go. say that people say that tea is a drink. That's the rep- the retort I, I usually get. Okay. Oh yeah, exactly. Somebody says crumpet or pikelet. Crumpet. crumpet oh, yeah. is it is it the shape though? Is a crumpet a round one and a pikelet a thin one? People say that the pikelet is thinner, but I've heard people call pikelets crumpets just because they've used two different words for it, depending on where you're from, and it's definitely pikelet. What's the difference between a cob and a bap? <laughs> a cob, I think, has got a hard top. Crusty. And a bap is, yeah, like soft, yeah. like a burger yeah, bap. Something you'd have like a burger on. Yeah, a cob. Oh, like a you'd have a sesame. Listen, we can, we, can get, we can get into this another day, can't we? If anything, this is a branch out podcast. We could do like food reviews and stuff. That'd be quite good. Um, but yeah, we're definitely getting out of here now. Thanks to the 100 people left in the last couple of minutes, by the way, <laughs> which is always funny. Uh, but yeah, thank you very much for those that stuck, stuck with us, even during the nonsense. Thanks to everyone who's watching this, not live. Get involved on, on YouTube comment sections. Get involved in the big debate of tonight, whether it's breakfast, dinner, tea, and crumpet or park it. Also, just before we go very quickly, scone or scone? Um, scone. Because of the joke, oh, it's no. not scone. What there's a joke. What's the fastest cake in the world? Scone. You can't. That doesn't work with scone. Do just don't I mean? tell the joke. It's not very funny anyway. Well, I didn't say. We didn't say it was a funny joke. I'm just saying the joke won't work otherwise. Yeah, but Should it's we scone. go. It's scone though. Yeah, we'll definitely go. I'm gonna. I was gonna say get out of here, but I can't. I'm gonna. I'm gonna be scone soon. Does that work? Is that the same? I'm gonna no, be scone no. soon. Somebody, Keith Wilkins said it, that it's scone. So Thanks, that's, that's uh, clearly up. <laughs> 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 what work does it even for? Not really. <laughs> Definitely get out of here. I'm going to press end broadcast. Thank you very much to everyone who joined us, and we'll see you again soon. Thank you for listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please do let us know. We love hearing your feedback. We'll be back soon with another episode, but until then, up the villa. Up the villa.